0: This podcast contains graphic and explicit content, as well as all of the spoilers a movie has to offer.
1: Listener discretion is advised.
0: Hi friends! Welcome back to So Here's the Problem With That, where we watch every sci-fi movie ever made and tell you what's wrong with their sci and their fi. My name is Emily, and I'm a movie fan.
1: And my name is Neil, and I'm a PhD candidate in high-energy experiment. Neil. Yes. When
0: we were last together, uh-huh. we were talking about the problematically classic 1998 film Armageddon.
1: We sure were.
0: And I think it's fair to say we had thoughts. Would you agree? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, definitely some pretty serious thoughts.
0: Yeah, strong emotions.
1: Strong, very strong emotions.
0: So, should we jump right back in? I think we should. All right, let's go. So, um, we have a montage of them getting into fighter pilots and getting uh, flown around, shaken around, um, to see if they can withstand the Gs, I guess. Yep. And...
1: It's also to um, to train their... Um, like, sense of orientation and, um, like, get used to being dizzy.
0: Sure. That makes sense. Um, I know I've said this in, during other reviews we've done, but I would make a terrible astronaut. Yeah. I would just... Me too. I would die. I, I would, would vomit me- immediately. Immediately.
1: They'd be like, um, hey, Neil, you're an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: Um, the, the guy, by the way, I don't know what his rank is I don't think he has a name but he's describing to them what he's going to do to them in these airplanes <laughs> and
1: it is yeah. so
0: sexually threatening it is
1: extremely sexually threatening
0: it is I I was really taken aback by this scene again because so it didn't I don't think it had anything to do with the medical uh, test that they were this is a whole different montage I don't know. There's just so much. So then, I'm going to call her Lady Pilot because I do not think she has a name. They never once say her name.
1: Yeah. She is just a pilot, but...
0: Again, yeah. the fucking misogyny in this film.
1: Yeah. They probably credited her as Lady Pilot.
0: She has four lines in Maybe. the film. Which is about two less than Liv Tyler. Yep. Um, I have a rant about Liv Tyler coming up. Good. But... Lady Pilot yep. explains gravity to these fucking idiots.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And, Neil, I have a science question for you. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so she says that the suits, and I assume the armadillo, uh, no, for sure the armadillo, have thrusters on them. Yeah. That will, or something stupid like that, that simulates gravity for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We are going to set that aside. Yeah. That is just taken as fact. We are not going to delve into the, the feasibility of those thrusters. Sure. Is her explanation of gravity and how it would be on this asteroid even remotely close to what it would be for something this 775 miles across?
1: It's not quite. So she she does she does actually give like a decent explanation of being like, hey, uh, the moon has a lot less gravity than the earth. It has about a sixth of the gravity of earth. Fun fact.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, like shows a quick video of like Neil Armstrong bouncing around on the moon because there's less gravity. And then she's like, the suits are going to hold you to the planet somehow. Magic. It's fucking Magic. Um, I did, I did the quick maths and it turns out that the asteroid would have 4% the gravity of earth. So
0: hardly anything. So
1: pretty much nothing. 25 times less gravity than earth. So a hundred kilogram person would weigh about four kilograms and probably the act of walking would be enough that it like you're like. Foot pushing off the ground would probably push with enough force that you would launch yourself off the planet and never return.
2: Jesus!
1: Because if you weigh a hundred kilograms, so your like each ankle that you have, like if you can do a one ankle like push stand, like just stand up on your tiptoes on one foot, you can lift all of your weight then on that foot. So a hundred kilogram person would weigh four kilograms on this planet, meaning that you could push yourself off of this planet remarkably well. I, I doubt that you would be able to stay on this planet without movie magic, which is yeah, what happens. Which is exactly
0: what happens. I know she says how much gravity is on there. I didn't write it down, but I'm going to assume she's lying. Not lying. I'm going to assume she's wrong.
1: I, I also missed it. I actually had to go back to this scene when I saw that you asked this question to recall that she had explained gravity <laughs> at all.
0: Well, the way she explains it, everybody, is that she she says, Bear, Michael Clark Duncan, Bear, if I kick you in the balls, I, I need you to understand how to use your thrusters that you don't fly up into space. Yes. So that's probably why you just dismissed it because there's no way anything yeah. of substance could and be then, said in that sentence.
1: And then it's followed up very closely with Steve Buscemi saying, when does that training begin? Steve, you perverted man.
0: I don't blame Steve. This is not Steve's fault. Let's blame J.J.
1: J.J. Abram God and damn it, JJ. Michael Clark. No, not Michael Clark Duncan. Who the Michael fuck? Ba- Michael Bay. You awful people. How dare you?
0: Um, So... We're jumping ahead just just slightly, picturing what we do see on the asteroid. Yep. How much gravity does it appear that they have, and how big would this asteroid need to be to have the amount of gravity that we see? So we see the armadillo. Again, we're jumping ahead just slightly, but they're walking around like normal, Yeah. but the armadillo can jump a Grand Canyon. So, like, how big would it have to be?
1: So they're walking around like normal presumably because of the suits.
0: Right, the magic suits.
1: So that's movie magic. I can't I can't say how much it appears that it has in that instance. Fair play. Um it it does appear to have less gravity than the moon, which is good, but it doesn't appear to have 4% of the gravity of Earth. Right. So somewhere in that range of um let's see. What is one-sixth, 16-ish percent, uh, like 16 and a half, roughly, percent of uh, is how much uh, of Earth's gravity is how much the moon has. So somewhere between 16 and a half percent and 4 percent. Call it 6 to 8 percent. OK. Roughly, I would guess. Uh, how much would you need to be able to jump the Grand Canyon like that? Probably more than 4%. Fair play. Because if you jumped the Grand Canyon like that, there is a very good chance that you are just now in orbit around this... <laughs> which
0: would be ...small unpleasant.
1: asteroid, which, uh, you yeah, would not be good.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, thank you very much for... I think that's my last science question for at least the next five minutes. Okay. Um, but, so, as... I We didn't really mention this during the... Um, earlier uh, medical sequences, but, like, clearly a huge portion of this film was filmed at NASA. Uh,
1: yeah. Right. They do a very good job of, like, the command centers and, like, like showing these areas of NASA yeah. that seem pretty realistic.
0: And the underwater portions look very realistic. Yep. Um, I would
1: bet that they actually got people suited up in fake astronaut suits and sent them down there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, this scene, this gravity scene, is inside a giant vault, and I believe she says they're going to pump the air out, and it's going to become a vacuum. Yep. So, like, it it looks like it's at NASA. Like, it's really impressive. Yeah. Are mm, my our issues with the writing and the plot aside, it's a really impressively looking film.
1: Yeah. For a lot. No, of it, it it looks very impressive.
0: Yeah. That's. All the kudos I'm going to give it. Um, Again, I have no idea how much time has passed, but um, they've been training for at least a while now. Um, Truman explains how they're going to land on the asteroid. He says they're going to use liquid oxygen um, as fuel. They are going to slingshot around the moon. or they're going to... Sorry, I'm going to back up. They're going to launch off Earth. Yep. They're going to refuel their liquid oxygen at the Russian space station. They're going to then slingshot around the moon, come at the asteroid from behind, land on it, drill 800 feet uh, and take off and come home and everything's fine. Yeah. Or they're going to activate this uh, nuclear warhead within that hole before they hit the zero barrier, which is the point at which if it is not split, the asteroid will at some point, hit the Earth either yep. scraping the top or the bottom, or yep. just hitting Straight it right
1: on, on. Hit on, Yep.
0: Um, so we already talked a little bit about liquid oxygen as fuel. Yep. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch anymore unless you've got more to say about
1: that. It's just an accelerant, or you could, like, just jettison it into space as like a gas and that would also be a way that you could push yourself forward it's not a very efficient way to do it Mm. but it would work
2: yeah all
0: right and then um they they uh describe what the environment on the asteroid would be like that he mentions explosions and or not explosions he mentions eruptions and uh, 200 degrees in the sun minus 200 in the shade that's
1: probably realistic is it okay
0: I guess yeah. the, the sun and the shade, I think I knew, but like we already mentioned, there's no tectonic plates.
1: There's no tectonic plates.
0: There's no nothing that to erupt unless there's pockets of gas. Like. Uh,
1: maybe pockets of gas, but uh, unlikely. This is probably just a solid bit of rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, even something the size of the moon has almost no liquid core anymore. Its mm-hmm. core is almost entirely solid. Yeah. Um, so it, is very unlikely that this thing is still molten inside.
2: Okay. Okay. So it's probably it a solid.
1: No, it's it's a solid rock.
0: Oh. Okay. It
1: is very unlikely that it's still molten inside.
0: Thank you. Yes. My brain definitely turned off for a second. There. That's okay. Um, good. So, oh, the line that Owen Wilson says here actually is kind of funny. He's the one who asked, you know, what the environment's like. And He goes, "Great. So that's the scariest environment imaginable. That's that's all you had to say. Just the scariest." possible thing. Yep. And I like that line.
1: Uh, also, you did ask a question about slingshotting around the moon. Yes, yeah. Uh, slingshotting around the moon is entirely reasonable. Okay. It is actually, like, gravitational slingshots are a procedure that we use uh, to get, like, astro, uh, to get uh, satellites and shuttles, well, typically not shuttles, but as- uh, uh, sorry, oh my god, um, satellites all the time. Yeah. Like, it happens all the time. We use gravitational slingshots to, um, like, come close to an object. You, like, get pulled around the object, and then you don't have enough... You have more energy than you need to stay in orbit, and your your orbit gets redirected around the planet, and then you get slingshot uh, tangentially away from whatever you're going around, and that's a very common thing. Okay. We use that all the time for, like, getting between planets. We get... Like, a lot of times what'll happen is you'll, like, end up in an orbit around another planet, and then you'll, like, slingshot off of that planet to another planet. To get farther and farther. Yeah, yeah, to get farther and farther. Uh, So, like, we do that for, like, moon explorations around, like, Jupiter and Saturn, Mm. or, like, just explorations of Jupiter and Saturn in general. Um, Yeah.
0: Okay, neat. I think I've recommended this to you before, but Farscape, uh, a TV show from the... Early to mid-2000s, I want to say.
1: Sounds familiar.
0: It's absolutely delightful. Jim Henson puppets. Oh. And uh, it it feels kind of like, I don't know if you ever watched the Hercules and Xena shows, but it has that feeling of very episodic, low budget, but like it looks really good. Yeah. In the first episode, the way that our main character reaches this outer limit of the universe is slingshotting around the moon and then he hits a wormhole. Whoa. Yeah. All right. It's really fun. I love that show. Anyway, great. Thank you for the slingshot. I'm uh-huh. glad to know that that is... I should have been keeping track of how many things they got wrong. Damn it. Let's say it's a hefty amount.
1: Yeah, they've gotten maybe two things right.
0: Let's count how many things they got right. That's way easier. It's way easier. Great. So two things right now. Um, okay, so Grace and AJ they're, they were in this scene where they're in a hangar in nasa again a lot of this is filmed in nasa and they are sitting in what appears to be the the butt end of a jet engine or the exhaust
1: yeah it looks like they're hanging out in one of the like exhaust ports for a shuttle
0: yeah and
1: bad place to be
0: not not ideal i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be there Um, I remember as a kid, I'm like, this is so cute. They're just being so sweet and lovey and he's kissing on her shoulder and they just have this beautiful moment together. And I watched it now and it is so upsetting because Harry, her father, comes in and just watches them through, um, I don't know, from afar. And he's watching them have this very intimate moment and... It's just... I don't know. It, he, the way he watched them made me very uncomfortable. Harry walks away. AJ asks Grace to marry him. She says nothing. She says nothing to this man. She just smiles at him and they put the ring on. You should probably say something. As yes. someone who has been proposed to, it's hard. I barely got the words out, but you still have to say something. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna maybe... No, I'm gonna have this rant right now. So, no, I'm not. God damn it. I have so many issues with their relationship that I did not have when I was 13. This is an unhealthy relationship. Yes. We are not even, I'm not even sure this is a relationship. We, I guess I'm having this rant right now. We never see them have a conversation. No. They exclusively are being hard quotes cute together. That's all we see.
1: It's like, it's like if your cupcake phase of your relationship You never talked. No. You just did the cupcake things.
0: And we'll see a scene where they are quote unquote talking in a bit, but their talking is still just like weird fucking animal cracker voices. I don't know. They they they've been dating for six months, being generous, six months, uh, and they're going to get married and we never see them have a single conversation at all. And it is absolutely infuriating anyway so we're gonna cut now to an underwater simulation um they have everyone's in their um suits their spacesuits, and they're simulating underwater because of the lack of gravity they have the uh armadillo not the real one but like an underwater compatible one and they're running through the scenario of what it would be like up there to drill 800 feet aj being a cocky fucking asshole for no reason. He's just an asshole. And I don't understand why. Is this supposed to be character development? Are we supposed to think that he's good? We never see him being good at drilling. We never see anyone be good at drilling. No. We are just informed by other characters that they are good at drilling. Harry says AJ's the best. We never see it. Never not once do we see it. And he blows the simulation and he gets in trouble. And Harry... S- tells um tells Truman that he wants his guys to have one night on the town before they launch the next day. Eddie says this with a giant American flag behind him. He is surly, blue-collar, redneck man informing again the eggheads how it's gonna be with the Amer- American flag behind him and a a swell and underscore. Of, of music, heroic triumphant music where he puts these people in their place and it is as Courtney Enloe says Bruce Willis being surly in front of an American flag is the Michael Bayiest thing I have ever seen that doesn't involve tits fucking words out of my mouth Courtney you are so right um this everything in this 90 thoughts we had while watching Armageddon and Deep Impact back to back everything was so good Yeah, absolutely wonderful Okay, so, uh, now we are going to watch all of our main characters have their day off and see a little bit more about them. AJ and Grace are somewhere in Texas with a tree, and again, I assume it's Texas because as we learned with Moonfall, Houston is in Texas, Houston's not in Florida. You launch out of Florida, not in Texas, but then they're launching early the next morning. Are they in Texas or are they in Florida?
2: Hey, oh my I, don't God. I, no I don't know
1: I don't know this movie is full of inconsistencies like it's
0: this. very hard to keep up with so AJ and Grace are again being hard quotes cute and, and she is laying on a picnic blanket with her dress open and he's got animal crackers and they talk about is it an animal cracker is it a cookie I and fucking
1: hate this scene by the way it's such
0: an uncomfortable scene and again when I was 13 I'm like that is the height of romance. God. <laughs> it was... Oh, my God. it's so bad. And so he does this stupid voice where he's narrating as if he were uh, a nature documentarian. And he walks the animal crackers up to her boobs and is like, ah, great mountainous To peaks. the north. And then, oh, we're gonna go way down under. And he sticks an animal cracker in her underwear. He okay. sticks an animal cracker in her underwear and immediately picks her up and spins her around I'm like that animal cracker is still in her underwear
2: it is like
0: you gotta get that out that's gonna be uncomfortable you're gonna get crumbs everywhere mm. it's not great Taylor my husband asked me in all earnestness he turned to me he's like does this turn you on and I'm like and my verbatim response was I was 13 once like I I, I can't defend it but this is this is where we were at yep and the dialogue is so bad just god damn it JJ Abrams so chick who i don't think we've really mentioned yet that much he is harry's second in command bill bill paxton i'm almost positive um he's he was my favorite character up until this moment where he goes to a woman's house in in some uh industrial part of town in a town somewhere in the country yep she's clearly not happy to see him uh The court says, she says, he can't be here. The court says you can't. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. A little boy runs up and she asks the little boy to go inside. She calls Chick. um, This is a salesman. And Chick leaves this little boy a toy shuttle. He says he's got something big coming. You might be proud of me. But like, are you, is my favorite character a bad guy? If there's a restraining order against him, like, what is this relationship? Well, I have so many more questions than I did before yeah. when he was just a, a gambling addict. Again, there's so, every single person has too many personality traits. I can't keep up and I don't like it. Yes. But I really hope that it's maybe quote-unquote just the gambling that she left him for? I don't know. I hope it's not something more serious where she literally needs a restraining order. Oh my god. Yeah. So those are the two that we really see, like, in any depth. The rest of the guys go out to a a, a rock hound, takes out a $100,000 loan from the mob at 60% interest.
1: This is a terrible choice.
0: And they go to a big fancy strip club. They get in a fight for hogging all the strippers because they have a hundred thousand dollars in mob money that Rockhound is assuming he doesn't have to pay back, which I mean, this is probably a safe assumption.
1: I mean, yeah, it's not like, oh, ye of little faith moment. But also,
0: eh, yeah, yeah. Um, they all get arrested. And at some point they still end up at the launch. We don't find out if NASA has to go get them out. Yeah, but they are arrested and then they are at the launch. That's all we have um then that night before they launch a massive meteorite hits the entire south pacific basically it is an impressive use of explosions and stunts uh so the cg is not bad yeah um
1: i thought this was a little more realistic
0: yeah it's getting closer right
1: it's getting closer
0: They say the world suddenly knows that something's up because 50,000 people have died.
1: That's probably not enough.
0: Yeah, right? That's the thing. Everything's so much, but it's also not enough.
1: Yeah, it's probably not enough.
0: Oh my God, this fucking movie. Um, So Truman and Harry are chatting and this is an absolute useless scene that doesn't matter except I have a science question at the end of the film. So I'm going to bring it up now. Um, Billy Bob Thornton, Truman, yep. has a leg brace, apparently, which is the, the first time we've ever seen. He's never limped. He's never had an issue before, but we see he's wearing a leg brace. Yep. He says he wishes he could have been in the space program, but he went into engineering because of this leg brace. He wants so badly to go into space. He wants the mission patch on his arm. He he, If he could, he'd be up there with him. And yeah. Harry says, you don't want to be up there any more than I do, which is probably true. Like, fuck it. No one wants to go up there. Um, but he really wishes he could go up there. Set that aside until later on when I have a science question. Okay. Harry and Grace chat. They are, and I want to set the scene. they are in what appears to be a broken down and absolutely forgotten memorial somewhere in Florida, somewhere in Texas. Again, they launch out of Florida, but she's in Houston, but this is the next morning immediately before they launch.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Double and thumbs up, folks. Great continuity.
0: God. They basically, they apologize to each other for each being shitty. And I am just reminded that she is a good actress. She is given nothing to do. Yeah. In this entire film. This whole film is made up of beauty shots of her looking distressed. Yep. And that is it. like Pretty she much. has. She is no... Uh uh no agency obviously nope. like she barely has any lines she just look stands there with tears brimming in her eyes which she's very good at
1: looking pretty looking
0: gorgeous like 1998 Liv Tyler is gorgeous I think I think we mentioned this at the top of the show but like almost immediately after this she goes to New Zealand to be in the Lord of the Rings nice she's gorgeous She
1: play Aowen. Uh Arwen. Arwen. Yes.
0: Miranda Cosgrove played Eowyn? The blonde one. She yeah. plays the dark-haired elf, not the blonde elf, Got and it. not the blonde human.
2: Got it. Again,
0: only three women in that uh, film. Yep. One of my absolute favorites. Problematic in its own way. Anyway. Okay, so we're getting ready for the shuttle. And you guys... Oh, I forgot to mention... I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> um, I, I, I forgot to mention that this place that Harry and Grace were at, they zoom in on a plaque that says it's a a memorial for astronauts who died on Apollo one. And it's just been forgotten. It's like, it's, it's a weirdly beautiful setting, but like, I don't know. It was weird. It's a weird scene. So many of these scenes are weird. And like this movie about an asteroid coming to hit earth has so much of this family dynamic stuff. That is absolutely distracting and doesn't uh, get you any more invested. I don't know. This movie's fucking weird. So, it's the next day. They are getting ready to go on the shuttle. Everyone is moving in slow motion. Everything is in slow motion for so much of this. There's American flags corner to corner. And then Grace is allowed to walk with them down to the shuttle for some reason because movies... And AJ starts singing Jet Plane to her, as you do, and then picks her up and spins around. That happens a lot. And all the, the guys, not all, but like three of the guys join in and harmonize with him singing, you know, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Yep. And again, it's supposed to be cute, and it just made me angry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and and once again, they have never had any actual conversations. They've only had these cutesy scenes. They have no connection. We, I don't know. When I was a kid, again, I thought that they were in love. I saw the chemistry. I saw the lightning. I see zero chemistry now. Yeah. There is nothing between these two. No.
1: It's cotton candy. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So now the president addresses the world. And it's not a bad speech. Really? Yep. Um, It it could be, it's no Independence Day. No. Greatest presidential speech of all time. Correct. But it's not bad by any means. Um, And there is so much, uh, to Michael Bay, America is not the, the multitudes. It is not the cities and the rural and the everything in between. It is exclusively Southern America, a town with dirt roads and maybe one stoplight if you're lucky yep and it's white yeah that is america they Uh show i bring this up because they they show shots from all around the world during this speech and it's a, a beautiful moment but all of the american shots are just the south just itty bitty small towns yeah And there is nothing, nothing in between. Maybe because New York was absolutely destroyed, there's no other cities in the country.
1: Apparently
2: not.
0: Maybe. Um, I have... It's not a question. It's more of a complaint. Yep. As I mentioned, they show shots from around the world. It is daylight in every single one of them. (laughs) Is that physically possible, Neil? Nope. Cool. Moving on. (laughs) So, um, everyone around the world is listening to the speech. And, um, it's being translated all over and it's, you know, a rousing moment where the Earth comes together to defeat this uh, asteroid? I don't fucking know. So, the shuttles... Neil, did you catch this? The shuttles are called the Freedom and the Independence.
1: I sure did.
0: Why? Shouldn't it be, I don't know, fucking hope and life? Like, why, why the Freedom and the Independence... Because of America. America.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh my god. Also, on on the topic of shuttles, Great. I do want to say they do use liquid O2 as an accelerant. Oh, good. Uh it is it yes. is the oxidizer, uh, because it is quite literally oxygen. Yep. Um, but it is uh the fuel is liquid hydrogen. Mm. So it's literally just
0: hydrogen and oxygen getting sprayed together. Yeah,
1: they just get sprayed together to be stoichiometrically uh, appropriately mixed. Uh, it gets ignited and lit on fire. It creates a bunch of like jet propulsion. Uh, it burns at six thousand degrees Celsius. Jesus. Celsius? Question mark. Um, and then uh, earlier we talked about the fact that they are like going to a space station uh, to refuel on liquid oxygen but not the hydrogen (laughs) but not the hydrogen (laughs) which is also really dumb and then I, i was like hey wait a second what does the actual like orbital shuttle like the space shuttle use as its like fuel source and it turns out that the fuel is monomethyl hydrazine which is a thing, I guess <laughs> that exists, and it is oxidized with dinitrogen tetroxide. So
0: it's not even the right fuel that they have.
1: They are. They have listed something that is not actually a fuel that they are going to refuel with, and uh, they have listed something that is not even used on shuttles as a form of propellant. It is. It is literally just. Uh, some bullshit
0: i love that yeah
1: it's so wrong oh my it's so wrong it's
0: like aggressively wrong it's not just wrong yeah it is like
2: wrong like i
0: don't i don't even know how to put this into words um god damn so so i i do have it's like a minor science question it can be a yes and yes or no but like they have these two shuttles next to each other on the launch pad.
2: Yeah, that's they dumb.
0: Ve- okay, good. Like they're very close. Should they be that close? They
1: should not. This okay. is a very stupid decision.
0: Okay, good. Oh my god, you guys, this movie is fucking wild. Okay, so we are about to launch, and and my, Taylor at. After about three minutes of the launch, it is a long launch scene. He yeah. looks at me, he's like, is this like Monty Python where um, Lancelot is running over the hill and they replay it fucking over, 14 it, times? It, over, that is what it felt like watching this launch scene because they replay the um, the shuttle going up. It's got to be fucking 20 times. Oh, easily. And Because I think they're trying. I think they did film one shuttle getting launched. Don't know what shuttle it was, but I think they actually filmed it. And so they filmed it from enough angles. They're trying to show, to tell us that it's actually two shuttles that were launched. I think that's why it did it so many times, but man, I felt like I was taking even more crazy pills than the previous, what, hour of the film?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, so, so much of this film is left, Neil. I Yeah, uh, like, by, by, like, minute count... We are about halfway through the movie.
0: That blows my mind.
1: Yeah. The rest of the movie, though, is much easier to summarize because it's not quite so, like, densely packed with bullshit.
0: Yes. The bullshit is a little more spread out. Yes. A little more hand-wavy. So, okay. It's a Monty Python liftoff, and man, the CG, when it finally gets going, so bad. Oh, man, that CG was bad.
1: Very bad.
0: Um... And and I noticed as they were exiting the atmosphere, and it might just be Michael Bay, and feel free to tell me if it is. But like, do the shuttles spin that much as they leave the atmosphere? Because they were a rotating.
1: No, cool. you you should not be spinning much at all as you leave the atmosphere.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel like that is probably for the it best. It would be
1: a sign that something has gone probably quite
2: awry.
0: If you're spinning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Owen Wilson had a line that I wanted to run past you Mm -hmm. Um, as they're heading towards the Russian space station. Owen Wilson says, you know, oh, man, we're we're in the beginnings of space. This isn't even like outer space. Uh, Like, is there a line between?
1: It's actually very hotly contested. Is it? Yeah. People people have a hard time defining where the beginning of space is. And um, there are kind of like three. There are three different, like, classifications of of space. Um, Once you get, like, up out of most of the atmosphere, you hit a part of the atmosphere called the thermosphere, which is uh, roughly 300 to 600 miles above Earth's surface. Okay. Um, And then the next layer is the exosphere, and this is kind of the last point at which you have, like, real components of the atmosphere just, like, very loosely hanging out near Earth. So that
0: could be the beginnings of space? Well,
1: that... that, Some people call that the beginnings of space. Some people call the thermosphere the beginnings of space, because Uh like, most of Earth's atmosphere is gone at that point. The pressure that you experience at the level of the thermosphere is approaching outer space levels of pressure. It's not very much. Um, the exosphere, even less pressure. There's just almost, it's just loose gas up there. Um, and then once you get past the exosphere, there is a very loosely defined, uh, also the exosphere ranges from roughly 60,000 to 120,000 miles, which extends about actually about halfway to the moon. Um, and then past that, you get into, uh, the ionosphere, which is, a uh, part of the Earth's atmosphere, well, not really part of its atmosphere anymore, but it is a layer around Earth that is filled with all kinds of charged particles. Um, There is also a part of this called the Van Allen Radiation Belt, Um, and the Van Allen Radiation Belt is just an area of, uh, kind of, that you need to go through, typically before you get to what we would call like deep space or like actual outer space um and it's full of all kinds of like charged particles and you have to shield against this because if you need to travel through that region um your electronics might get really damaged because of all of the all of the really highly charged um uh, electric particles floating around out there so it's uh Not an easy space to go through, but it is doable. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes you will either shut down your electronics until after you get out of there, or you will, um, like, have them shielded and design them specifically to make it through.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Fun facts.
0: Neat. Um, okay, so we come up on the Russian space station, and, uh... Again, the characterization of this Russian cosmonaut is, I'm going to say, unkind.
1: Yeah, it's very bad.
0: But I love that actor. He's been in a couple things that I absolutely adore, including but not limited to a really great um, bit on American Gods, the first season. He's wonderful, and I love him. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's... I have little love lost for... Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. It's a bad characterization.
1: Yep. So. Also, there is no Russian space station.
0: Yeah, that was a question I didn't ask, but I wanted to. Is this supposed to be the ISS?
1: I think so. And they probably just, like, didn't get rights, or they were like, we want to make it Russian, and it's supposed to be the ISS.
0: ah. <sighs> Oh, that was... That was a choice.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, that is... That is choices.
0: So, okay. So, they... Neil, I have a science question for you. Yeah,
1: there's a few of them in this scene. Oh,
0: my God. So, they are coming up to to dock, and they say they are initiating gravity. Yeah. Can they do that? Like, mm. is it... I'm assuming it's a, a spinning, it a is, centrifugal it is, force
1: yeah, thing? Yeah, it is a... It's supposed to be a centrifugal force thing, and it is done very poorly and the space station is not designed for that no it is literally a like they couldn't find the budget in the film to film in zero gravity and so they did this instead and this is not how you would do this and the space station is not designed to do this at all so this is horribly inaccurate
0: incredibly incorrect um I lost my train of thought. There it is. Okay, so this is a very minor thing. Yeah. But when they open one of the doors onto the
1: shuttle, or
0: onto the station, it has, like, a multi-hinge. It is...
1: Yeah, it, like, rotates, like, inward and to the side.
0: It's not just a door. No. Neil, why isn't it just a door?
1: I don't know. It's It should just be like an airlock that just like rotates on a single hinge. and. Y- it's, yeah,
0: ugh. they're trying to be so fancy with it, and it comes back to bite them, because this door, with all its extra weak points, gets the shit blown out of it. Oh,
1: yeah, big time.
0: Um. Right, so Lev is our Russian companion. Yep. Lev sends AJ down into the fuel pod to yep. watch things while they refuel the liquid O2, which we already mentioned can be liquidized? Like. Liqu-
2: Liquefied. Liquefied.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you You can you can you can reduce the temperature and pressure of a solid or like just a pure gas of Mm -hmm. of um, O2. Right. And
0: roughly negative 100 Fahrenheit.
1: It's a little colder than that, I think. Yeah, it will. It will. um, It will. It will turn into a liquid.
0: Excellent. So shit immediately hits the fan. (laughs) They just begin. And there is a leak. Yep. Which is not great.
2: Nope.
0: Um AJ tries to call for help using the, the telecom box that they have, and they can't hear it. It doesn't work. And there's a little video. He's trying to wave at them, and they don't see it. And Lev says, if there is a problem, pull this lever. He tries to pull this lever, and it immediately breaks. So, once again, we have not seen him be good at a fucking thing. They... The movie and the characters tell us he is good at what he does, and we just have to believe him. Them, not him. So, the fuel pod starts to blow up. Is it the fuel pod that he's in? Unclear. A fuel pod.
1: Why is it blowing up?
0: These are questions! Because the liquid oxygen lands on a spark. That's what we are told. Is that enough? Like
1: Maybe. Probably not, though. Because... Uh, I don't think pure oxygen will combust like that. Um, actually, in pure oxygen, you would probably put out a fire.
0: Ah! So, literally, no problem. Everything is fine. There should not have been an issue on this station.
1: Yeah, because you need a, you need a fuel. You need something that, like, you need something that combines with the oxygen... To cause this chemical reaction where you get, like, energy released. Yeah. But if you just tried to, like, start a fire and then, like, completely immersed that fire in, like, O2, it, it would, it probably would go out very quickly. Or it would, like, burn extremely rapidly, consuming all of the fuel immediately, and then there it would go out very yeah. quickly.
0: So everything that's about to happen is unrealistic, is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Excellent.
0: Okay. So the fuel pods start to blow up. They all start running to the two shuttles. Um, They shut the doors, but Lev and AJ are still trapped in this kind of central hub area. Yep. So they climb through the vents that Lev says are negative 100 degrees. And they are touching pipes with their bare hands, and they're breathing this air. Neil, mm-hmm. is that realistic? No. Is there anything you want to add to that? Nope. Great. So, the door blows open. <laughs> the dumb door blows open. Correct. Um, b- because fire? Because uh, why not? Because why not? So much of this is because why not? So, the station really just blows the fuck up. Like, it is absolutely destroyed. There's nothing left of this station. Correct. Lev joins AJ's shuttle. And and I, here's a question that, that I think I got from a different movie that just came out where there's a stowaway on a um, space mission. Mm-hmm. And they're concerned that they don't have enough air because they yeah. just have enough air for how many people are on there. Yeah. Is that a concern here? Like, movie magic aside, if uh they got a new person on their shuttle, would they have enough oxygen to complete the mission?
1: If this was a realistic scenario... I don't know for sure. Okay. Because you you do need to very tightly regulate exactly all of the supplies that you need for any mission. Mm-hmm. And you might plan to have a little extra in case there is a mistake, but probably not enough to, like, get a whole nother person through the rest of this mission. Um... If, if any of this had happened uh, on a real mission, they probably just would have aborted the mission. Um, but since this is a world-ending scenario, push fuck through. aborting the mission, yeah. just push through.
0: Yeah. Um, they. It, it appears in this scene that they were pumping quote-unquote fuel yes. for roughly 10 seconds. Uh-huh. Like, being very generous. Yeah. 10 seconds. Again, time is weird in this movie. Um, but as every, as the sh- the shuttle, the shuttle, as the station is blowing up and the shuttles are going off, um, allegedly in the correct direction, there's a voiceover that says, all right, 90% of the fuel was pumped. Um, A, that is too much fuel for how much time we are shown that it was pumped. Probably. But is that enough to complete the mission? Like, is 90% good enough? Like, it's kind of hard to say, obviously, but like.
1: It depends on how they're measuring what they need the fuel for, yeah. right? If you're if you're talking about getting to the asteroid and you only got ninety percent of your fuel, you probably won't make it. Like there will there will have to be something that is really wild that changes about your mission and how you get to where you're going, uh, in order to accommodate the fact that you are missing ten percent of your fuel. Um, is it enough if, like, you only needed 50% of your fuel to get there and you expected to need 50% to get back? Yeah, because once the shit splits apart, you probably don't need a ton of fuel to get off of the asteroid and then back to Earth. You can literally just fall back to Earth. There's no reason that you would need more fuel. So... Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> I don't know. Is It's just a plot point to create more suspense.
0: I think it's a plot point to alleviate suspense actually because okay. we only saw them pump fuel for 15 seconds yeah. and then everything blew the fuck up and there's nothing left so they, w- I think they told us that it's 90% like it's good enough,
2: mm-hmm.
0: everything's going to be fine, yep. we can move on to the next impossibility. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so now we are 17 hours until the asteroid hits the zero barrier. Yep. Big Bertha. Um, they're going to start slingshotting around the moon. Yep. And Grace is still at NASA. Yeah. Why? Don't answer that. But why? But don't answer that. You got it. God damn it, Grace. God. Sorry. So, um, as the the shuttles are coming around, we again see they're they're spinning and they are rotating. It is upside down. Does that help the
1: slingshot? Surprisingly, if you have people inside, I believe that it does help the slingshot.
0: Because the blood is rushing to your feet, then not yes. your brain. If you,
1: if you went down with the like, if you if you initiated it so that you are like, uh, all the people are upright with respect to the planet instead of their heads towards the planet. Uh, all your blood would rush upward into your head, probably killing you. Not to say,
0: would your head explode?
1: It might not explode, but you would probably pass out way faster. Yeah. Um, if you are upside down, the blood rushes to your feet. Pilots, uh, the Air Force has actually developed suits that as this happens, they constrict your legs Ooh. to prevent a lot of the blood flow out of your head so that you don't pass out. Good. Um, it is really uncomfortable, but it does save your life and it will prevent you from passing out.
0: Alright, so they got this one right.
1: They, That is a Maybe believable aspect.
0: Potentially unintentionally, because I think they did it because it looks cool.
1: Yeah, they might have just done it because it looks cool, but it is technically the right thing to do.
0: Alright, so we're up to three. Three things they've gotten right.
1: Yeah, they got most of the opening sequence right, they got how much destruction they're going to claim right, they got one other thing right in there. I think we're actually at four. At four,
0: all right, four out of too many.
1: A lot. <laughs>
0: so all right, so they're slingshotting. Yeah, and they say a crazy number. It was like eighteen gs. They're I think they taking. said eleven. A, they said eleven was the goal, but the on screen it said. At, at least 18. Okay. It was, is that, would that kill you? That I seems like too many Gs. I thought
1: this was a really fascinating question, uh, so I went and actually looked it up.
2: Fuck yes!
1: Um, so the lethal limit of, like, Gs that a, a human body can typically experience is 26.
0: Jesus, that's way higher than I thought. W-
1: yes, without you dying, specifically. Right. The here take a guess at the maximum amount of G's that someone has experienced and lived and lived and lived.
0: I think it's less than 26, so I'm gonna say six.
1: Would you like to guess a much higher number? Shut the
0: fuck up, okay? 18. Is it 18?
1: Would you like to guess a much, much, much higher number?
0: And live. Oh, my God. Is it 26? Is it 26? No, Would you like to
1: guess a much, much, much higher number? Shut your fucking face. They lived through this? They lived through this. 50 Gs. I'm just gonna tell you because you don't seem to be going up fast enough. It's 214 G's.
0: Shut your fucking face!
1: Yes, it is held by an F1 driver. Well, what? Who got in a horrific accident, experienced 214 G's in said accident, and lived. Not only did he live, but he made a full recovery and a comeback in his F1 career to actually win more titles after this accident.
0: Is he Iron Man?
1: I don't know. What Uh,
0: the fuck? Two hundred.
1: Let's see. uh, His name was. His name is Kenny Breck. Jesus. He is a Swedish former race car driver. He looks kind of like Michael Beck. Yeah, he won the Indy Racing League Championship and the 1999 Indianapolis 500, becoming the first Swedish driver to uh, to um, win the race. And he survived in one of the racing sport's biggest crashes at the Texas Motor Speedway. Okay, so it wasn't F1. I thought he was an F1 driver, um, but he, he was a race car driver nonetheless. Yeah. Um, At the Texas Motor Speedway in 2003, where he recorded the highest horizontal G-force ever survived by a human being at 214 Gs. 18 months later, he made a comeback at the Indy 500 and set the fastest qualifying time of the field. He retired after the race.
0: When you've laughed in the face of death, of course you come back and just kick ass, because what the fuck are you going to do to me now?
1: Yeah. Uh, 200.
0: And 14 G's. Yeah,
1: that's more than eight times the... Uh, it's actually more than... Yeah, eight times the lethal limit.
0: I would love... When we do bonus content, I want to do an hour-long deep dive into the science of how he survived that.
1: I will not be doing that. <laughs>
0: God damn it. I'll do it. I won't. That's a lie. But, man, could watch. We could, watch a, we could watch a
1: little documentary on it or something. Ooh, that'd
0: be fun. I'd love that. Um, That blows my mind. Okay, so... Theoretically, humans can survive that. I don't think that would be the rule.
1: No. Uh, it would, especially if you're not trained for it, um, you would almost certainly pass out in this maneuver.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it looked unpleasant. Um, and I don't think they had their helmets on, which seems like a bad idea. Also
1: a bad idea, yes.
0: Um, but yeah, God, that's, that's a fucking thing. It's a hell of a thing. So, all right, they're coming up. Um, on the asteroid from behind, right? Yep. And she's an angry asteroid. Correct. She's got green smoke. She's got...
1: Green glowing crystals. Dust
0: and debris. And, like, it looks... You know what it looks like? It looks like the um, ship from... Did you see the Star Trek reboot with Chris Pine? Yeah. The first one? Yeah. The bad guy ship in that? Yeah. It looks a lot like that, which, fun fact... Was a drilling ship. Nice, right? Fun, right? I love that. So that was. I severely doubt they had anything to do. Do they? I severely doubt they had anything to do with each other. Except I'm just remembering that film, written and directed by J.J. Abrams. Nice. So maybe they do have something to do with each other. Yeah. Nope. It's. We'll get to it. So. Yep. It's an angry-looking asteroid, but it's kind of beautiful in that way, too. Like, they did a lot of really great um, production work on this. So, coming up on the asteroid, there's a bunch of, of big rocks. Yep. Uh, it could be uh, parts of the asteroid belt, like we mentioned earlier, it was knocked out. Or it could be parts of the asteroid knocking off. Like, there's shit coming at the shuttles. Yes. And um, one ship goes down in a fucking blaze of glory. I believe it's the Independence. Correct. Gets just absolutely pummeled and smashed to bits. Um, But before that, they're like kind of weaving in and out. Like, is there an autopilot? Like, what?
1: I suspect that the pilot is doing that. It's not the autopilot. There are typically like autopilot features on some of these shuttles. But it wouldn't be able to handle something like this. Not for like flying through an asteroid field. It's for keeping you on track to get to where you are going. Great.
0: Okay. Good to know. Um, the, in the, on the independence, the astronaut shouts to our, our drillers, lock yourself in the cargo bay.
1: Terrible idea.
0: It, right? Like, shouldn't they keep their seatbelts on? The cargo bay is a big open space. Yes. You can get knocked the fuck around.
1: There is absolutely no way that you are leaving your, like, s- like, harnessed seat. Like, a, like, the more points that your harness has, the safer your seat is. Yeah. And these are, like. On a, on a space shuttle, usually five to seven point harnesses. Yeah. So...
0: We didn't really mention it, but when they're getting strapped in before launch, they got people on top of them making sure that they are strapped in and they aren't going anywhere. I think that's
1: pretty accurate.
0: And, yeah, that... So that's five now. That's five things that are accurate in this film. <laughs> five, four and a half.
2: Okay, four okay. and a half. Uh,
0: okay, so... The, the shuttle's getting pelted. The windshield... It shatters, basically. Yeah. And the two pilots get sucked out into space. We've discussed... <laughs> I mean, right. Sorry. So, no, you're good. So we've discussed a couple times when with glass or, you know, whatever it is in other movies we've watched, when it breaks, how realistic the vacuum portion of yeah. that that scene is. Um, CG and, and graphics, obviously, aside, how realistic did... Was there a portrayal of getting sucked out into the vacuum of space?
1: Uh, very, very not real. Because... You shock me. Oh, yeah. Um, because any, uh, NASA pilot worth their salt would have been wearing a fucking seatbelt.
0: Well, (laughs) okay, you got me there. I earnestly didn't even register that.
1: Yeah, there is no way that you get pulled out into the vacuum of space through a five-point harness.
0: I also you should that.
1: probably have been wearing a helmet.
0: Right? Why weren't they he, he literally tells the drillers, "Put your helmet on." But he doesn't.
1: I don't understand. He's also
0: just wearing a flight suit. Like yep. he's, he took his space suit off. He's yeah. in space.
1: Yeah. Like you you there are special suits that you wear when you are like in the shuttle. That is not actually a space suit. Right. It is you're like travel suit. Have space suit, will travel kind of thing. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Heinlein. I love that. Alright, uh, that suit should probably have an airlock on it, so that if, or, or you should be wearing, like, a like a mask uh, that would, that would supply your oxygen to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in the event of just such an emergency. And, uh, so this is really unrealistic that they get sucked out of the of their shuttle at all. Like, this shouldn't have happened
0: ever. So, starting from there... Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. But since it did... But
1: since it did, how realistic was it? Eh, like, a 6 out of 10, I guess? Better like, than I thought you were going to say. you will... Like, honestly, they probably should have gotten pretty cut up on the way out because they probably ran into the glass. That's fair. Um, and then, like, we don't see them after they get... St- like, pulled out of the shuttle.
0: We do, very briefly, when nah. they hit the windshield of the other shuttle, which happens in every fucking movie where this occurs. It's dumb. It's dumb, but I liked it. So, not very realistic.
1: No. Cool. Not particularly.
0: So, the independence goes down, not in a ball of flame, but, like, it definitely, it, it hits is, hard.
1: It is flaming, which is surprising.
0: Again, No, no fuel for that. uh, I mean, there is fuel, but again, we've already discussed this. I'm not going to rehash it.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: The other shuttle, the Freedom, overshot their landing field. Yep. um, Which had earlier been described as the softest part of um, the asteroid, as far as their calculations could tell. Yep. Okay, whatever. Fine. Um, They land on what can only be described as a carpet of glass knives.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's actually a very good description of it.
0: <laughs> it is, again, the worst uh, environment imaginable, as we, as we already discussed. But, of course, it's a movie. Everyone's okay. Everything's fine. Everyone's okay. Um, eight hours until Zero Barrier is hit. They now have no communication with Houston. Uh, Which is an issue, because Houston's like, I don't know, did we just lose everybody? They know the independence is gone, but they don't know about the freedom. So they're like, all right, did our last shot also blow up? Are we all going to die? Unclear at this point. Um, The freedom landed 26 miles. We learn from Rockhound, who, again, is a double PhD um, in geo something or other. Unclear. They overshot their landing by 26 miles, and they are essentially sitting on top of an iron plate, which is why they don't have communication. And iron, as you may or may not have guessed, is not great to drill through. Um, So it is what it is, but we'll come back to that. Um, I lied. I do have a question. And I think I I asked you this question in our our pre-show meeting, but... Them being on an iron plate, how likely is it that an asteroid has an iron plate in it? Like how pretty like-
1: likely, is actually. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, asteroid composition is a really weird thing to begin with, and um, asteroids do contain a lot of weird deposits of like large quantities of various metals. <laughs> um, and there being iron on there. Honestly, pretty likely. Okay. It being like so concentrated like this at the surface? Maybe a little less likely, but it it actually doesn't strike me as like particularly out of left field.
0: So we're up to instead of four and a half, we're up to five things they got right. Yeah, give I'll it, call it another it half.
1: Four point seven five. I'll-, I'll give it a quarter. It shouldn't probably be on the surface like this, but you it's never, never not impossible. You never fucking it know. It's tonight. never. Yeah, it's not impossible. Right.
0: Um. So the independence. It was a, a horrendous crash, but of course, it's a Michael Bay movie. So some people lived. Um, AJ lived. Bear lived, and Lev, the Russian cosmonaut, lived. Everyone else is dead. Fucking Owen Wilson did not make it. Um, and his face, Neil. So his helmet. Yep didn't get on entirely, and it was smashed. So there's a hole in his helmet. His face is open to the elements. Would his face look the way that it does with his helmet being blown open? So you can actually see his eyelid is kind of twitching because it's just Owen Wilson with his eyes closed. But, like, what should his face look like when it's exposed to a vacuum like that?
1: Um, Your skin boils, and you cook pretty quickly.
0: So little bit of myard reaction going on
1: yeah but like a weird kind of myard reaction because like like technically your skin might cook with like its own oils but for the most part your skin like will bubble and blister pretty brutally mm. um and then it probably becomes like very tough and leathery and then it gets cold and dries out so
0: and how how long of a time frame is this
1: I don't know. Like, the, the, like, bubbly part happens almost instantaneously. Uh, It happens very quickly because, like, all of the gas that's, like, contained in your your skin starts to escape. All of the water and the, like, other various liquids in there start to evaporate and boil immediately. Um, So that part probably happens very quickly. Um, The... The, like, drying out and becoming, like, a leathery husk takes quite a bit longer. Um, but, like, it wouldn't be, like, a clean-looking, bloodied face. mm mm-hmm. Which is what it looks like. Which is what it looks like. It, looks like. Right. it just looks like someone who's been cut up with a bunch of glass.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Um, this is another quick one, but based on the images that we saw of this crash, what are the odds anyone would have survived that?
2: Uh,
1: very low, because no one was wearing a fucking seatbelt.
0: Except for Owen Wilson, and he's...
1: And and he Owen, died, and he died <laughs> which is the dumbest thing.
0: Oh, my God, this movie is fucking crazy. So, that being said, those spacesuits do look pretty cool. How... Thrusters aside, because, again, there's thrusters in these suits to simulate gravity. How practical does it look? Like, obviously... It's flexible enough that they can move without um without, I don't know, like the, the the space spacesuits that you think of when you think spacesuits. Yep. Your arms are kind of out to the side a little bit. It's not super flexible. This movie spacesuit is not as thick. Little easier movement, but like for being a spacesuit, how practical is this design? <sighs>
1: Probably not very. Um, It looks like it allows for too much movement. Mm. Um, Actual spacesuits are not things that are like super like you can't move around in them very well. Like they're 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 pretty thick. They're pretty stiff. They have a lot of lining in them both to keep all the heat in and all the like nasty particles out. So they're usually really thick um, and they have to be very good ins- insulators mm-hmm. and uh, like spacewalk stuff is like really expensive and um, these don't look like spacewalk stuff. they look like like walking around on Mars stuff, yeah, which is not realistic
0: no. I I accept. I did like their helmets though. Lots of um no. Oh no, but you can see so much.
1: That's bad.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. But it's bad it's, to
1: see it things. It it is bad to see around you that much. Okay. Uh because all of that glass um like is an extra way for uh high energy particles to just fucking be zooming through your head Um,
2: uh it
1: needs like if you ever see um like a an actual helmet from a like a spacewalk mission the helmet is like completely mirrored to the point where it needs to be very bright outside for you to be able to see through it um because it, it is quite literally protecting your head from all kinds of like solar radiation and shit uh, and, like, the visor that they flip down in their, in their, it shouldn't be inside their helmet. It should just, the helmet should auto, like, just be that way automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and having so much helmet that is, like, glass, um, re- really not a great design. Glass yeah. is very brittle and fragile, and it breaks when things hit it. So you probably would want, actually, as little glass as possible would
0: it be like a glass alloy or like a a super glass because i know they've got some glass it would
1: probably be something that's like more akin to a plastic infused with lead Mm. uh, that is that is clear um but uh, unclear Un yeah like hard hard to say they've they haven't done it very scientifically accurately which is not a surprise for this fucking movie.
0: <laughs> Did not see that coming. Um, so they, the, back to the Freedom, they walk out and, um, I, I think it was Rockhound, but someone says this ple- place looks like Dr. Seuss's worst nightmare, which is pretty accurate. Also, it is a set. Like, this is a huge set. Yes. That is really impressive. Like, from a construction standpoint. The fact that they built this and it it looks not bad. Um,
1: it is impressive. Yeah. Again, visually, this movie is neat.
0: Yes. Pretty neat, visually speaking. Yes. Um, but, yeah. So, it. I also had the thought that any movie that's ever been made that's making fun of the way movies are made is making fun of this movie. All I could think was... What it must have been like to film this on this set, in these spacesuits, with these fucking personalities of these actors. Yeah. Uh, and and I, it, was, it was interesting. So, they start drilling. Neil, Rockhound had a monocle. It's not a monocle, though. It was like a, a magnifying apparatus strapped to the outside of his space helmet. What to look at the rocks? Is is that a thing?
1: No. I suspect what they meant it to be is like a spectral analyzer to be like, what's the composition of this rock? We don't have things that do that though. Like it's you. It's not you, real. No, you take like, you take much bigger equipment to take these kinds of photos, and then you don't look at the photo right away. You go and you analyze the photo for an extended period of time, and you do like all kinds of serious geological surveys and all kinds of stuff like this is
0: that's not a thing no this okay. is
1: science fiction at Excellent. this
0: point <laughs> uh so they start drilling they get 10 feet down and they break a drill head classic classic uh harry You're says drilling through
1: solid iron right so i guess honestly that makes
0: sense not
1: super surprising
0: yeah uh harry says you guys have all seen a broken drill head bef- drill bit before and they say not after 10 feet right <laughs> And he's trying to keep him focused. Like, let's just do the job. We'll switch it out. We'll make it happen. It's gonna be fine. Um, but yeah. So the pilot and lady pilot, sharp and lady pilot, um, they're trying to get communication back. They get a spotty communication, and fucking one of the guys at mission control says, "Thank God we have you, Freedom." I'm like, fuck you, Michael Bay. Truly. Fuck you. Whatever. So they're gonna they're gonna try and talk now. So back to AJ Levin Bear. They get into the armadillo inside the cargo bay of the Independence. They use the attached minigun and blow enough holes in the side of the ship to drive through and out onto the asteroid. Neil! Why do they have a minigun?
1: I don't fucking know.
0: <laughs> Both? What the fuck were they expecting to encounter on this asteroid? I fucking cannot. But so we we know from our episode on the fifth element, you can blow enough holes in a row to, I don't remember exactly the words that you use, but to basically weaken the structure around a being so they could fall through. And or bust out. Yes. So I'm assuming, minigun in space aside. Yes. The science of them putting enough holes to weaken the hull to drive through is feasible.
1: Yeah. But not recommended. No, very much so not recommended. To, uh, like, one and a half out of ten would not recommend. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. But how else
0: are you going to get out? So well, you
1: go to where the fucking door opens and you shoot the latch on the door. Yeah, that would And then be you just kick the door open.
0: There must have been a door because they got the armadillo. It locked. had
1: to get out somehow, it had to get in somehow.
0: Maybe the door was underneath the ship because it crashed. I'm playing devil's advocate that I don't really feel strongly about.
1: I. Yeah, I can tell.
0: Yeah. Um. One more question about the minigun. I don't think I sent you this one because it just occurred to me now. Is so they're shooting these bullets, but in zero, not in four percent gravity, these bullets would go where they would go so far. They wouldn't just fall to the earth at some point. It would just they'd go on forever.
1: Yeah, they're just cruising out into space now forever.
0: That's not cool.
1: Bullets in <laughs> they're space. gonna
0: shoot an alien. Accidentally. I, no,
1: they're probably going to hit... It's just a rock in space. Yeah.
0: That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. I can't believe they put a minigun on these things. That anyway. That was
1: maybe the dumbest thing they've ever done?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's up there. I have one thing I think is dumber, but it involves the minigun, so we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, back on the Independence, they are drilling, and they blow a transmission. And, uh, but at... So they're... Harry's going to go get a new transmission, and, um... Try and go replace it. Again, it's going very slowly. They, um, Lady Pilot has gotten radio communication back. Awesome. We have seven minutes before they're going to lose it again, potentially forever. They have five minutes of being able to, they being NASA slash the military on Earth, have five minutes before they lose the ability to remote detonate the nuke that is on the ship that's going to go in this hole. So, um, Sharp is asking Harry for a status report. It's been two and a half hours. We're supposed to be at 200 feet. How far are we? And Harry doesn't want to tell him, and he doesn't want to tell him, and he finally tells him we are 57 feet down in two and a half hours. I know nothing about drilling. I don't know how feasible that is. It doesn't seem like a lot when you're trying to get 800 feet in Again, I have no idea how much time they have allotted for this. Probably not launch, much. Why didn't they launch days ago? Why? I,
1: yeah. It, un, unclear.
0: Unclear. It's just...
1: It's not science at this point anymore. It's just movie.
0: Right. So a lot of my questions, I'm going to try and keep away from being movie things. If I ask a movie question, science question, it might just be out of frustration.
1: Yeah, understandable.
0: So, the president calls NASA, calls the uh, uh, General Keith David, and says they're going to use the remote detonation. So all of a sudden, on the Independence, Harry and Sharp and Chick are all talking and they're arguing and being assholes to each other, and the nuclear warhead starts ticking. And it's a very tense scene, and, uh, Harry and Chick tell Sharp to turn it off. Sharp says he can't do that. It's orders. They have to get it off the ship. They have to... They're basically going to leave anyone that's outside the ship. Fuck them. Like, we have to go now. Yep. Sharp pulls a fucking pistol out of a locker.
1: Oh, my
2: God. Why
0: are there so many guns on this asteroid? And um, Harry knocks the pistol out of his hand with clamps clamps sharp over the neck and is like going to kill him and and he says something rousing, I'm sure, along the lines of the president is a hundred thousand miles away. no one else can help us only we can help us and they need to um they need to stop this bomb from going out uh, from going off. and it's just... It's a lot. It's a lot. And from that moment on, Harry and Sharp are best friends. They yeah. trust each other implicitly. They have each other's backs, even though Harry was prepared to beat him to death with giant clamps. And, he, and Sharp was prepared to shoot him. Yeah. Because Michael Bay. So... Oh my God. Um, so they have a very tense scene. It's actually really well shot of Sharp and other pilot, not lady pilot. I don't know who this guy is, but they're trying to um, dismantle the nuke. He, They have the red or the blue wire bit and, and it works. And the bomb stops. They got three seconds to go. And Rock Hound, this is not entirely a part of this exact scene, but immediately after we see Rockhound, he has a beautiful vista of the, of the Earth through, you know, parts of the asteroid. He flips down what appears to be Oakley's over his eyes within his helmet. Yep. How realistic <laughs> is that?
1: Very unrealistic.
0: I can't, I don't even know what mechanism, have they been on top of his head this whole time and I didn't see it? I don't know. Like, God damn it. So Rockhound now starts losing his mind. Um, And we'll get back to it. So, back to AJ, Bear, and Lev. They're in the armadillo. They're coming across a giant canyon. Once again, there's no, like, fissures in this asteroid. Yep. Shouldn't be. But there's a canyon. So, great. What they're going to do, everybody, is use the light gravity of the asteroid to jump the armadillo to the other side. Now, have you ever seen the movie Speed? No. <laughs> okay. It's not science fiction, so I can't force you to watch it. Good. I can only highly recommend.
1: I won't watch it.
0: But it's really fun. But in this Speed movie, yep. they jump a city bus uh-huh. over a 50-foot gap. Classic. In, in a, on a bridge. Uh-huh. So they do this without a ramp. It just drives launches up into the air in an arc-like motion and lands on the other side totally safe and unharmed. Good. Right. Um, So that's what they do here. They do not have a ramp that I saw. They're just going to drive off the edge of the canyon and float to the other side. Hey, Neil. Yeah, huh? How realistic is that?
1: Uh, I mean, with 4% gravity, they should have already probably hit a bump and flown into space. So the fact that they are... They have
0: thrusters, though. Don't forget.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, maybe the thrusters are how they're doing it. Maybe yeah. they just, like, hit the thrusters once and then... Whoop, and then they just...
0: you know. Yeah.
1: Right across. I it's, don't know.
0: It's a hell of a scene.
1: It's not very... It's about as realistic as driving a fucking car across a piece of earth <laughs> that is slowly being pulled up to the moon.
0: Right. <sighs> Not wrong. I forgot about that. God, yeah. that was a hell of a movie. It was
1: terrible. Oh
0: Jesus. Uh, we're talking about Moonfall. If you haven't seen it yet,
1: honestly, what are you doing?
0: I would kind of recommend seeing Moon. We'll get to this at the end, but I would kind of recommend seeing Moonfall over Armageddon. Yeah, same, bit, same. Which is not a situation I thought I was going to be in. No. Um. So they do. They do this. They launch the armadillo, and it's working, and it's working, and it's working too well. And all of a sudden, they are. Going out into space. Um, they say at one point we're a mile off the asteroid. That sounds like a lot of space away from quote-unquote ground. Yeah. Um, Lev goes outside to fix the thrusters that are not engaging. Because the thrusters are going to put them back onto the asteroid. But it's frozen over or, or something to that effect. Um, so here's my issue with that. Mm-hmm. Is that Lev goes outside, right? Yeah. I didn't see an airlock. Did you see an airlock?
1: On the armadillo? On the armadillo. I mean, you gotta get into the armadillo somehow.
0: I think it's just a door, though. I think it's just a door inside and outside. I don't are they think wearing
1: their an... spacesuits?
0: They are wearing the suits, but not the helmets. Lev puts on a helmet, goes outside. The other two, no helmet.
1: Did not see an airlock.
0: Yeah. So, I'm gonna mark that as an inconsistency with science. Yep. Then... They're a mile off the asteroid. Again, that is quite far. Is that... Assuming 4% gravity, can they come back from
2: that? No. Excellent.
1: If you're a mile off of the surface of a planet that has 4% gravity, you are probably in orbit around that planet. Yeah. Or maybe leaving orbit around that planet.
0: Right. Like, if it's only got 4% gravity, you would need... At least a hefty amount to... Enough gravity to orbit, right? You need an X amount of gravity to orbit an item? Yeah,
1: I should have... Well, no, you need to... It doesn't... Well, this is a confusing question. Uh, You need to have the right velocity around the item, and you need to be the right distance away from it. Okay. So you can have orbit around a relatively small object if you are moving at the right speed and... uh, going and you're the right height above it or or like the right distance away from it so like you could be like a rock you know the size of a basketball and have something orbiting around it Mm. but you would probably need to be stationary in space and the thing that is orbiting around you would probably need to be pretty small okay um and moving very slowly uh, so uh, orbiting around this thing, you probably don't need to be going very fast yeah. since it's literally 4% gravity of Earth. Right. I wish I had done the math on what escape velocity is from this thing, but it's not very fast.
0: It's not much. Yeah. It's
1: not much. That's...
0: Okay, well, there's that. And then, so as the thrusters engage, they crash into literally every fucking rock. On the way back to the ground, and Lev is still on the outside. He's got a tether of some sort. He would be nine kinds of dead. Oh, yeah. He's not even bruised when they land. When they crash land into this place. He would be mush. There would be nothing left of him, Absolutely. of any of them. They no. crash into every rock, and he's not dead. Neil, why isn't he dead?
1: Uh, Movie magic. Movie magic. Yep.
0: God bless it. All right. So, real quick, for how little plot is in this movie? Yes. There's so much going on. Yes. Just dumb. Agreed. So dumb.
1: Uh, Also, just a, like, very quick math. Yeah. Yeah. I believe the escape velocity of this asteroid is, like, 632 meters per second. Um, Let's see. What is 632 meters per second in miles per hour? Um, It's quick. It's, like, a 1,000 miles per hour, roughly. So they would probably need to be going pretty quick. To orbit? To, like... uh, Well, not necessarily to, like, get into orbit, but to physically leave. Okay. They do need, you know, some fuel, and they do need to get away. It's gonna be a lot easier than it is to leave Earth, but it's still not gonna be super easy.
0: Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so back to the independence. Rockhound, Steve Buscemi, grabs... What can only be described as a remote, but it's like a chest attachment with a joystick and a trigger. And this remote controls the minigun that we saw on the other armadillo. Yeah. And he starts shooting everywhere. People be damned. The, the drill site be damned. He's just shooting all over. He's having a hell of a time. And Sharp says, oh, man. He's got space dementia. So Neil, I've got two questions. Yep. Um, question number one, which has two parts. Sorry, I have several questions. Yes. <laughs> Does this remote technology controlling a minigun exist? And and work? I guess. Yes. Like, is and that a thing? Yes. Okay, that is a thing. Yes. Excellent. I'll take it. Um, If you
1: don't believe for one second that the United States, in some aspect, has remote-controlled guns... I mean... You need to get your priorities straight.
0: Fair play. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I should have seen that comment, but it just... It looked...
1: It's dumb.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Again... Why would it be in space? Why
0: do they have this?
1: Fuck that. They shouldn't.
0: God damn it.
1: And... Is space dementia real? Yes, Which is your that next was question. my next question. Um, I have never heard of astronauts coming back with any sort of serious case of short or long-term dementia.
0: Yeah, good. Well, astronauts, though, are, again, trained for this. Yeah. These guys
1: are not. I suspect that Steve Buscemi's character, uh, Rockhound, is probably having some sort of serious traumatic mental experience. Yes. Having been on an asteroid and all of their plans going to fucking shit and now he's going to die.
0: I mean, yeah. I so, also wouldn't have an issue. Yeah. Great. Um, and then what happens next is as they're still drilling, Max is, is the guy, the driller who's in the armadillo. They're drilling and they hit... A pocket of gas that causes what I'm going to call an asteroid quake. Yep. Is that a thing?
1: Be more specific.
0: Excellent. Um, So we already... But here's the thing. We already mentioned there's no fault lines. So there can't be a quake like an earthquake, right? Because an earthquake is tectonic plates building up pressure because they're just touching each other. And then they, one goes up and one goes down, and shit goes haywire. Yeah. Um, but this asteroid has no tectonic plates, so there yeah. shouldn't be an earthquake of any sort. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, like, if you hit a pocket of gas, might the whole thing shake? Sure.
0: Oh, that's fair.
1: Um, you know, you cause a big enough explosion on an object, and it will be felt somewhere. I mean, that's also partially how... Like, the U.S. did measurements of whether or not people elsewhere were doing nuclear tests mm. was uh, through seismic activity um, <clears throat> in the Earth's, you know, crust and stuff.
2: And stiff.
1: And um, that was mildly effective. Okay. Um, are quakes on objects that don't have fault lines a thing? Yeah there yeah there's such a thing as a star quake which i discovered actually somewhat recently yeah in astrophysics uh you can have the crust of a neutron star undergo like very sudden adjustment but because there is no like real concept of fault lines um it's not really the same it's kind of analogous uh, but um one of the one of the things that they suspect is um like could cause this is like just very strong interior magnetic fields and uh, a second cause could be the the star slowing down causes like a huge shift in the momentum of the outer layer of the star oh, so
2: that's kind of neat
1: yeah
0: starquake also, great fucking band name.
1: Uh, also a great band name.
0: Literally. Science just has the best band names. Yep. So, like we said, Max in the armadillo hits a gas pocket. There is an asteroid quake. Max blows the fuck up. And the armadillo is destroyed. Yep. So, they have to tell Earth, like, sorry, we, we're out. There is Because they think that the other armadillo is destroyed. They think everyone's dead. Yep. Um, so Earth is, as far as that everyone's aware Earth is going to be destroyed Um, people start going Into tornado shelters And the streets are empty Cars are empty left on the streets. Like, it's They're showing shots around the, the world again And again, daylight everywhere Because Everyone is in the sunshine At the same time But, um
2: Yeah, it. it
0: it's just a lot, right? And again, America is only the rural South. There is nothing else. Paris, at this point, gets completely destroyed. We mentioned this earlier. A huge meteorite comes in, blows a whole, I don't know, a couple miles wide in Paris, right? Easily. And that's just... Everyone's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the beginning of the end there, isn't it? We're all going to die anyway, so... And, and um, the the 90 thoughts I had while watching Armageddon article, she says everything's going to be okay because only France exploded is for a very specific type of audience, which is so accurate. Yeah. It's the Michael Bay audience of yes. rural South America. Yeah. And it's so accurate. But so we, and we already touched on this earlier, If something that big actually hit Paris, it'd be way worse than what we saw.
1: I mean, yeah, Paris was much better, but if something that size actually hit Paris, I mean, every building in Paris is probably flattened. Yeah. Um, so, the whole city's probably gone, Mm -hmm. which is three million people or more.
0: It's a solid amount of people. Um... But yeah, so back on the asteroid, we're at the drill site. All of a sudden, they are feeling not great about themselves. All of a sudden, just like the Rohirrim coming over the crest of the hill towards Helm's Deep, up comes the uh, remaining armadillo, Lev, Bear, and AJ, coming in to save the day. Everyone rejoices. It's going to be great. Um, the they have, I want to say, an hour left they say it's an hour i thought it said 30 minutes not that long ago so again time is wonky in this film it's hard to keep up and they have duct tape rockhound to a chair in the shuttle they're just gonna not let him touch anything. Probably for the best.
2: Probably
1: for the best.
0: So they decide to trust AJ for the first time this entire movie. He says the drill can handle it. We're gonna get to 800 feet in 20 minutes. And I think they had 250 ish to go.
1: I mean, also, what have they got to lose at this point? I mean, right. Literally nothing. They thought everything was done for. And AJ comes in and is like, last ditch effort. Here we go, boys. Right. And they're like, yeah, why the fuck not?
0: Fuck it. Um, even though he blew the simulation, and this is his—you know—I was right the whole time. I am good at this. That's well, what's happening.
1: Also, during the simulation, he was fucking complaining to um, Harry, being like, "You know that your drill can handle more than this. These specs are like way undershot. They're being too conservative with their simulation." Blah blah blah. Anyway. Right.
0: Right. Because the the redneck does know more than the egghead. Sure. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't particularly care for the visage of myself as an egghead. Here we are.
0: I'm not a redneck, so that's okay. More or less. No. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to dig too deep into that. Um, so there, while this is happening, while they're drilling the rest of of this hole, there are eruptions going off all over. There are. There's. Uh, are they meteorites in this case when it's hitting another asteroid, or are these asteroids? Because it's not in Earth, right?
1: Let's say asteroids. Great.
0: So there's a rock shower of asteroids hitting their drill site. Some of the rocks are glowing, which, do you know why that would be? Nope. Great. Love they it. shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. And wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Rocks on the ground are glowing no, or rocks from the sky? No, the ones that are coming
0: in from the mm, sky are no, glowing No, they should green. not
1: be glowing.
0: Cool. That's... You're wrong, movie, um, and and we already established because there's no magma, there would be no eruptions. Correct. So that's dumb. Everything is so dumb, you guys. I'm exhausted. We're so close to the end, but I am fucking drained talking about this movie. Okay, we're almost there. So AJ is they they send him down. Oh, so they make they make eight hundred feet. I forgot to mention that. They did it. Yay! We just have to get the nuke down there. But first, there's some bent poles that are in there that AJ has to go down, try to get him out. An eruption happens of some sort. He's launched out of this rock, out of this hole, and and he's launched very fast. He w- He's going very far out. His tether is unwinding. It's unwinding. And it's going, it's not attached to anything. It is just a tether for the sake of being a tether, but it's not attached to anything. Nope. So he could very easily go off into space. Um, Harry grabs the tether and stops him from flying out into the nether reaches of space. Hey, Neil. Yes. Would he actually catch that? Would it not pull him directly into space with AJ?
1: It would have pulled him straight into space. At 4% gravity, that they're both flying off into space at this point. Are they coming back? Probably. They're not going, uh, what I calculated a thousand was 1,000 miles, miles an hour. Yeah. So are, are they coming back? Yes. Should he have done this in the first place? Probably not.
0: Probably not. So, like I said, there, there's rocks coming in, or, um, yeah, a rock shower coming in. And it's very hard in this film <laughs> to know when something that is, a, a disaster that is happening is survivable and when it's not. Because we've seen things, like I mentioned, Lev on the outside of that armadillo should have been mush. Maybe just one arm dangling on the end of a rope by the time they landed. But he's fine. Whereas here, it didn't look like a ton was happening. But, but, but it also, it looked like a lot. I don't know. There was a giant rock that almost rolled over. AJ and Harry, and they're fine, but then something else happened, and one of the nameless NASA pilots got speared on one of the pointy rocks? Oh
1: my god, I remember that. Yeah!
0: It's hard to know when something is actually dangerous, is where I'm going with this. Anyway, we come to find out, as they're about to lower the nuke into the hole, the timer on the bomb is dead. It was damaged in this rock storm. Someone has to stay back... And actually uh, ignite the nuke and save the world. They draw straws, and AJ loses. He draws the short straw. My entire life, Neil. Yeah. I thought these were crazy straws, because they are multicolored, kind of twisty-looking things, and I thought they were crazy. I thought it was actual straws, but it's wires. They have cut wires out of this billion-dollar shuttle to draw straws.
2: Yeah,
1: I. We're a movie... We're in move. We're deep in movie magic territory right now. I have nothing to say.
0: I just... I literally just... I've seen this movie maybe a dozen times over the last, you know, 30 years of my life. And I always thought they were crazy straws. So I, I had a moment when I realized that was not the case. Anyway, um... AJ draws the short straw. He has to stay behind and launch or and, and like, ignite the, the nuke. Is it ignite the word I'm looking for? What's... Pull the... Trigger. Trigger. Thank you. Trigger the nuke. Harry says he'll bring him down to the surface, so they say goodbye. Um, he says... Harry says to him, you know, you gotta take care of my little girl. He pulls his air tube or something out of AJ's suit. Throws him back into the elevator. Don't forget, this shuttle has an elevator. And then um, closes the door. He closes the door uh, so he can. He's going to stay behind. AJ's not. So remember 14 hours ago when Mm -hmm. I told you about the little scene between Truman and Harry where Truman wished he had the mission patch on his arm? Yep. Harry rips the mission patch off his spacesuit. Yep gives it to AJ yep. and says give this to Truman. Yep. What? How? There's no way he could have ripped it off that easily. First Correct. of all, he's got his gloves are too thick. He can't get under there. It is sewn the fuck in.
2: Yep. It also, would not have come
1: off. Also, there is no way that there is a mission patch on the exterior of his spacesuit. <laughs> You would not sew something into the exterior of a spacewalk suit. You have just punctured holes in the exterior of something that is designed to keep all the oxygen, heat, all this good stuff inside. This is a terrible idea.
0: This fucking movie. This
1: fucking movie is garbage.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's going to kill me. So... Much tears were spilled. Harry's going to sacrifice himself. He's still fucking charming as fuck. And it really aggravates me. Yeah, it really aggravates it me. It really does. So he's in the armadillo. He calls Houston and says he wants to talk to his daughter. They have a very intense, oddly romantic conversation.
1: Also, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even say I want to talk to Grace because Grace is the only one left at Mission Control.
0: They were all there. There's people. She's got her own room with fourteen screens.
1: Oh, she got her own. She got, room got her with own room screens? with fourteen I screens. I missed that.
2: Yep. Because I Mission remember the scene. Still full. Oh, okay.
0: Not only is it full, but Harry's face and this conversation is being broadcast on every single screen in Mission Control and this weird little ancillary room that Grace is in. It's really dumb. It's so dumb. It's on you guys. It's on every screen. It is. So much, and also, not to go too far back, but I thought they wouldn't have any... I thought they didn't have any more radio communication. That was fucking three hours ago that they said we'll never get communication back, and then they did.
1: I don't understand how. They they gave some shitty, hand-wavy explanation for it. It's dumb, and I don't
0: like it. Okay, so, we have established Harry's staying back. He and Grace have said their goodbyes. The shuttle with everybody else on it, needs to take off. Otherwise, they're going to get vaporized in a nuke. The shuttle can't take off. Something's wrong. We don't know what's up. Lady Pilot and Lev go to fix it. Don't know why Lev falls, but he does. Um, She's trying to, like, tippy-tappity, tippity-tappity and fix it the right way, and he says, I need you to move, and he hits the computer on this billion-dollar shuttle uh-huh. with a wrench.
2: uh-huh, yep.
0: Neil, it works. Uh-huh. Have you ever used that technique?
1: So, ironically...
0: Shut the fuck up.
1: This is a technique that people call, quote-unquote, percussive maintenance.
0: Shut the fuck up! This is real? This is one of the six things this movie got right?
1: I'm not going to say that this was the right thing to do in this scenario, (laughs) but sometimes if you have electronics that you can't get to that are loose jostling the connection in some way shape or form can help reestablish various electrical connections.
0: You are exploding my brain right now.
1: Sometimes I have okay, so I had a computer a while back that um on the inside the um the bus from the uh motherboard to the uh uh to the like memory drive like like my 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 hard drive um came undone like it's it slowly like it's supposed to be glued on there to the like so that it doesn't do this but or, or like just stuck in such a way that it's not likely to come undone but there was a period of time where it would come undone and i would have to like s- like hit my computer to get the cable to connect properly so that the computer would boot at all instead of trying to boot and being like you don't have a hard drive connected and i'm like I don't know what to do about this. So, um, percussive maintenance in electronics is actually a thing that people do. Is it ever the right thing to do? Probably not. Will it work in a pinch? Sometimes.
0: Wow. I am blown away. Yeah. I won't lie. That's not how I thought that question was going to go. Yep. I'm delighted. I'm fucking delighted. Okay, so... They use percussive maintenance, and the ship starts. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Lady Pilot and, Pilot and Sharp are... are They're going to take off.
1: No, Sharp's dead. It's Lev, right?
0: No, no, no Sharp's not dead. Are you sharp, sure? Sharp survived. Lady Pilot survived, because Sharp shakes Grace's hand at the end. Oh, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. You're right. So Sharp and Lady Pilot get the ship going. Can
1: I shake the hand of the daughter of the hero? Oh, for fuck's sake. Fucking Sharp. <laughs>
0: Fucking movies. Oh. Um... But they're not wearing spacesuits. Don't nope. they need to have a suit on to re-enter the atmosphere?
1: Um. Yeah, the inside of the cab is going to get really fucking hot. There is a heat shield on the front of um, all of the uh, all of the orbiters, so that like as you are like coming back in, you 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 do need to dissipate that heat like a lot of it. You do also need to shield the cabin from a lot of that heat. And uh but the cabin still does get very hot. So you, you do need to you do need to be wearing a suit to protect you from this.
0: Sharp and Lady Pilot are not wearing a suit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> long-term brain damage and probably burns. You know, it'll be fine.
0: It's fine. Um, so they have to get the fuck out of Dodge and out of the blast range of this nuclear weapon, uh, right?
1: Yeah, I remember this question.
0: So how far And and they're out of range in this weird, wibbly-wobbly movie time. Yeah. In, like, maybe ten seconds. Yeah. They're out of range. How far would they have to get in those ten seconds to get out of range?
1: Depends on how big the bomb is.
0: They say it's a nine-foot nuclear weapon. Does that help? Nope. Great.
1: I have no idea. I would need to know the megaton yield. Um, The the general uh, information that I found online was... Within a six kilometer or about three and a half mile radius of a one megaton bomb blast waves would produce 180 metric tons of force on the walls of all two story buildings and wind speeds of 255 kilometers an hour or 158 miles per hour. And within a half mile radius, the peak pressure is four times that and wind speeds can reach 470 miles an hour.
0: Jesus. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, So they probably need to get, like, at least 10 miles or more in 10 seconds.
0: Can you do that?
1: Unless you're traveling at 3,600 miles per hour. Which I'm pretty sure they were not. Then no. Excellent. This ship probably would have been blown off course and or destroyed in this explosion.
0: Poor guys. Never saw it coming.
1: (laughs) They literally saw it coming. What are you talking about?
0: I don't know. This movie has melted my brain. So Harry, he's he's about to pull the trigger. Shit happens. I'm not going to get into it, but he pulls the trigger. And there is a weird, maybe five seconds of godlike imagery. Yeah. Overlaying images of Harry and images of Grace. Yeah. And it was odd, to say the least.
1: Yeah, people people treat a lot of nuclear content as very weird. Yeah, Um, which is fine. Um, My 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 context for this was like some sort of strange like father daughter connection. Could have also been like a reference to um, Oppenheimer's quote at the time of the first atomic uh, or nuclear weapon test. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds.
0: It's Fucking heavy. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. It... Yeah,
1: yeah, He he's quoting um he's quoting Vishnu mm. talking to uh, the prince in the Bhagavad Gita.
0: That makes more um, sense. Poor Oppenheimer. He just wanted to be scientist. So, all that to say, he Harry launches the bomb just before like a second before they hit the zero barrier where it would have killed uh, everyone. Um, so he saves the day. Everything's fine. The Americana imagery that follows of people celebrating and coming out and into the into the light so to speak um, is gratuitous yeah. at best. Mm-hmm. They have an image of, again, Podunk, rural south, somewhere with a lot of dust. Kids running around with overalls and no shirts running past an, uh, a picture of JFK's face with the word life painted on it. That was painted onto the wall of a building. Just like gratuitous Americana. Oh, yeah. The, the shuttle. Shuttle lands in... Again, I would assume it's Florida, but Truman is there, so it's got to be Houston it lands the shuttle lands that's all i got the shuttle lands rock hounds uh 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 i don't care about that there's soaring music everyone is walking and running and clapping in slow motion so slow um chick's son is there his mother saw them um before they launched and she told this child that's your daddy and i don't know how they got there in twelve hours, but they're there, so it's fine, I guess. I, don't I know. thought they were
1: watching it on TV.
0: They were watching it on TV. So it's been what, 18 hours? Yeah. And they're front row seat to see him back. This child, by the way, running towards him? American flag t-shirt.
2: Classic. <laughs> and,
0: and uh AJ gives Truman the mission patch that that Harry gave him. There's fucking blue angels fly overhead. There's just so much murka going on in this scene. It's rough. And um, Sharp comes up, just like Neil said. He he speaks to Grace. I want to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. And cue Errol Smith.
1: Yep. Did you say Aerosmith? Aerosmith? Okay. The band? Not E-R-O-L Smith? Nope,
0: nope, nope. A-R-O-W? Don't you know, actually I have no idea how you spell A-E-R-O. Aerosmith. It makes way more sense. Yeah. Aerosmith. Um and and the dulcet tones of Steven Tyler, father of Liv Tyler, which I apparently blew Neil's mind with that.
2: I didn't yeah,
1: I didn't I didn't know that.
0: Steven Tyler is Liv Tyler's father. Now you know that. And Didn't and know
1: this song was written for this fucking movie either.
0: Don't wanna don't wanna miss a thing is yeah. the ending credits song of this film, written for this movie and we watched the music video together and I'm so glad we did.
2: Oh fuck that.
0: Because it's little like maybe forty-five one-second clips from the movie interspersed with Steven Tyler's face in a building. Yeah. And and it's mostly clips of Live. And it's a song I always took to to be, you know, a father-daughter song. Um, it could also be a stalker song, as Neil pointed out, which yeah. I makes sense. Yeah, not wrong. No. And um, it's, uh, it's' a hell of a song. It's this movie. Fuck me, you guys. This movie's fucking crazy. So over the credits, while the song is playing, we see AJ and Grace's wedding. Um, as they say their vows, we pan across to our our other heroes. Front row of the wedding, and we see images of the fallen drillers. Uh Harry being the main one, and then we just get clips from their wedding over the credits. Why? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why, but there's clips from the wedding and the reception <laughs> rolling over the credits of this space movie. And we're done. Neil, did I did I miss anything? No. Is there anything? <laughs> we done yes Are we just please come? oh god i can't i fucking cannot
1: i want to never touch this movie again
0: i mean that's probably fair so neil when looking at this from a science perspective yeah how many big berthas would you how many miniguns better would you give on a scale of z- one minigun to five miniguns being the best.
1: I won't even give it a single minigun. You
0: will not, for, for science, you will not give this a single minigun. I will
1: not give this a single minigun for science, folks. This is getting 0. .75 stars, tops, Because and they a got thumbs six things down. wrong. <laughs> down. And a thumbs down. I am, I hated this movie. <laughs> like, look, I am not a fan of, like, horror films, so I disliked. Uh, event, horizon. event Horizon because it's not a genre that I find enjoyable. This is a genre that I find enjoyable that was executed awfully. Not even a sing- I'm not even going to give it a single full star. This was worse than Event Horizon in terms of the science and straight up gets yeah, 0. 0.75 stars. Not even a single full star. For science.
0: How about as a film? <laughs> I think you already answered this, but I want you to put a numerical uh, number to this.
1: Uh, yeah. Um. It was cool looking. Mhm. I'll give it the one visual? and a half stars. Ah, uh, one and a quarter stars because it's extremely problematic. It's so problematic. Does not treat people like people. Nope.
0: Nope. Again, there are three female speaking roles. One of which is in the cab in one of the opening scenes, super offensive.
1: Extremely offensive.
0: One of which is Lady Pilot, who doesn't get a name.
1: As far as As far as, as, we're, far aware. as we're aware, I'm and sure she did have a name, but did they say it more than once? Nope. No.
0: And then one of which is Liv Tyler, who is not again given barely anything to do. She stands there with brimming tears, looking gorgeous. Yep. And that's it. I, you guys, if you remember our mini-sode, I was so excited. And at the beginning of this episode, I was so excited about this movie. I loved this movie. And I am shattered. I am a broken person after watching this movie. I can really only give this... Oh my God! Too many guns. Two and a half, maybe.
1: Like if you give it two and a half, that is a straight up and down movie.
0: This is a movie. This is this no! was a time out. I would have seen this in the theaters. I would have gotten out of the hot summer heat. I would have gone to this movie with the air conditioning and I would have been happy. It, it's a visual feast for the eyes. Don't put your brain into it. This is a capital M movie. That's what this is.
1: I disagree.
0: <laughs> I, But I can't give it the letterbox light. I can't. I was prepared to give this five stars and I am... I'm broken.
1: Okay. Well, if you were prepared to give this five and you're giving it two and a half. I'm
0: so disappointed.
1: On a scale of one to five. Acceptable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, that was Armageddon, folks. I hope, I hope you stuck with us because this
1: is. I hope you enjoyed our take on the science. Yes. Because this was a lot.
0: Yes. If you, if you have questions, if you watch this movie and you've got questions, please come find us. We are at, uh, uh, if you want to email us, email us at here's the problem pod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, we're on, we're at, on Twitter, at sci fi problem pod, S C I F I problem pod, all one word, at both. Come tell us what you think. Are we wrong? Did we miss something?
1: I. We are not wrong, <laughs> and we missed nothing. <laughs> but come have a chat with us anyway. Yeah. Uh, you can find, uh, when you, when you're not listening to my dulcet tones here. Yes. You can find me, uh, either on, uh, Bad Rolls Out, which is a, uh, and d uh, D d podcast that I do with some of my friends. In the real world, we are just ending, uh, we are just wrapping up this campaign.
2: Are you? Yes. Congratulations.
1: In the podcast world, we're on episode 22, so we're about... A quarter of the way through or something like that. I love it. Um, Other than that, you can find me on Instagram at that underscore Higgs underscore guy. H-I-G-G-S. That's correct. Um, Yeah. Let us know what you thought.
0: Yeah, you can find me. I am on Instagram, but I'm not going to check it. Don't add me. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at that girly gal, all one word. Um, I'm on there slightly more frequently, but also kind of not. So it's hit or miss if you actually want to follow me. Yeah. Um, please do us a solid rate, review, subscribe. If you can write out a review, it's not for our ego. Give us a five star rating. It's not for our ego. It is so we are found by the masses. Neil, did I tell you we are in half of the states of this country, the United States of America.
1: I did not realize that. We are
0: in 18 countries.
1: Holy buckets. (laughs) I
0: know. What the fuck? So the more you guys can review, uh, uh, rate us on whatever podcatcher you're using, um, if you can write a review, tell us what movie you want us to do. Tell us how wrong we were about Armageddon. Tell us anything in these uh, reviews. And then if you subscribe, Anytime we have a new episode, it's going to automatically get downloaded, added to your queue, whatever you've got it, however you got it set up. So rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. And again, it's not just for us. It's so more people can find us and it's we can hang out.
1: For the algorithm. It's
0: for the ever-loving algorithm. Neil. Yeah. This was a hell of a movie.
1: It sure was.
0: Is there anything else you would like to say to the fine folks at home?
1: Enjoy your science more than they enjoyed science in this movie. Please, for the love of God.
2: (laughs) Bye. Bye.